0: Anytime things keep coming back up, it's because there's energy that wants to be released, there's forgiveness that needs to take place. It's asking for you this time to show compassion towards it instead of judgment towards it. Hello, this is Jerry Henderson and welcome to the Permission to Love podcast, where we discuss how we can give ourselves the permission to love ourselves. We're working to build a community where self-love is normalized. I'm so grateful that you're here and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today, we're going to be addressing the subject of self-compassion. I get a lot of questions about what is self-compassion? How do I practice it? What does it look like? So I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to this topic. So let's start with breaking down the word self-compassion. There is a self and there is compassion. So let's start first by talking about the self. There is a self. You know, one of the things in my journey was learning that I'm kind of not this singular entity or this singular thought pattern that I have many parts to me and realizing that we have multiple parts, but there's also this authentic, true self that's a part of that. So let me give you an example. Have you ever said to yourself, I don't know why I beat myself up so much? Like who's the I and who's the myself? Who's the I that's doing that to myself? we kind of intuitively know that we have this multiple relationship going on inside of us. We have this part of us that wants to be mean to us. We have this part of us that wants to be kind to us. And so it's really understanding that we have multiple parts towards us. We have the inner critic. Uh, and then we have the one that really desires to love us and to show compassion towards us. And so that's the part that I'm talking about as the self. That part of you, which is your authentic, true Self. Some people will call it soul, some people call it spirit, uh, Atman, or whatever that terminology that one might want to use to describe that authentic self. And so that authentic self wants to show love, wants to show compassion towards you. And so if we can view the fact that we have a higher self that's inside of us, that has the ability and has the capacity to meet the needs that we have, and as we identify more with that part of ourselves and allow that part of ourselves to express compassion towards ourselves, we become our own healers. And that's why I talk about the fact that we have a relationship with ourself and that relationship is determining every other relationship in our life. What I mean by that is there is the authentic self that if we'll allow that authentic self to begin to release compassion and love in healing towards the other parts of us, we become our own healers. And one of the ways that we become our own healer is by practicing self-compassion. So it is the self that is showing compassion towards the rest of the self. I hope that makes sense. So now that we've talked a little bit about the self... Let's talk about the word compassion. What does the word compassion mean? A lot of times we get the word compassion confused with pity. We think that if we're really soft on ourselves or we're showing compassion towards ourselves, we're just being pitiful. We just are showing pity towards ourselves. And so we're afraid of a couple of things. One, that we're being really soft on ourselves. And if we're really soft on ourselves, then we're afraid that we won't change, that we won't move forward. Because a lot of us think that punishment is corrective. That in order for me to change, I have to beat myself up. I have to use the voice of their inner critic or the voice of judgment in order to change myself, probably because that's what I've been used to, probably because that's what I grew up in, or whatever my story or my scenario is, I feel like that that voice of negativity is going to do more to motivate me. And so if I start to show compassion towards myself, I won't be motivated. And I'm also just showing pity towards myself. That is not what compassion is in any way. It's not even empathy because empathy can really connect with somebody else's suffering and pain and kind of feel it. But compassion is even different than empathy. So let's talk a little bit about what is compassion. Compassion has three components in order for it to be compassion. The first is that it suspends judgment. It stops judging and just suspends that for a moment. And then it enters into the suffering with another individual or with ourselves, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, and then it's moved to some type of action. So it's three components. It suspends judgment, it then enters into that suffering with the person, and then the third thing is it gets motivated towards taking some type of action. So how do I take that definition of compassion, of self, and begin to practice that towards myself? Well, the first thing, we talked about the self, recognizing that there's the you that wants to criticize you, and then there's the you that wants to show compassion towards you. And so we connect with the part of ourselves, the true authentic self, that wants to show compassion. And the second thing is then we suspend judgment towards ourselves so we all have those moments right where something comes up inside of us we remember the past we think about a past failure and we begin to beat ourselves up for it we begin to shame ourselves and we begin to build a story about why we're so unworthy why we're so unlovable and then all of a sudden our story has totally clouded our authentic self all we can see is that we've messed up, we've made mistakes, we're unworthy of love, and then the authentic self gets lost in all of that. We lose sight of who we actually are. An example I like to use about this is if you're like me and you're old enough to remember when uh, televisions or computer screens would have images that would get burned into them if you left a static image on the screen, all of a sudden what would happen is if you left that static image on the screen for too long, then you would get this like ghost image on the screen. And that ghost image would stay there. It wouldn't go away. It was kind of burned into the fabric of the screen. And that's where screensavers came from, right? Where you have that rotation that keeps that from happening uh, from those old screens. So what would happen is that image was impressed or burned into the screen. So now, no matter what you were watching, you'd have that logo or that scene that was still kind of there, kind of like this ghost image. So you could be watching a totally different movie and still have like a Coca-Cola or Pepsi logo. logo burned into the screen or the NBC logo that was still there, and so it clouded your vision of what you were actually looking at, and you were no longer actually able to see an authentic picture of what was happening on the screen. I think our lives are a lot like that. We have all of these ghost images from the past, these images of like, we messed up, we blew it, we remember the pain, and we hold on to it. So we have all these ghost images and we have this cloud and we can't really see what's happening and we certainly can't see who we are, our authentic self. So one of the practices of self-compassion is being very intentional about identifying with the self that is love, that is compassion, and then beginning to see the parts of ourselves that we want to judge with love and recognizing that those parts of ourselves that are hurting or had gone through those things or that we're wanting to criticize are the parts of us that we need to love the most So let's talk about suspending judgment. What will that look like? How can I suspend judgment towards myself? Well, once again, if we're connected to that authentic self, we understand that the authentic self does not want to judge us. The authentic self wants to love us. So when those things arise of the past, the failures, or when we make mistakes currently and we find ourselves getting trapped in patterns or we want to beat ourselves up, take a moment, pause, Take a breath and connect with the part of you that wants to love you. Connect with the authentic self and suspend judgment. Let go of judgment. And part of that is actually relaxing the body, untightening the shoulders, letting the hands relax, and even leaning back and just letting your entire body and posture change and lean into compassion. And that's going to trigger your system to know that instead of kind of getting sucked into that energy of judgment and shame you're beginning to relax back into your authentic self and beginning to relax back into love and allowing love to take over so suspending judgment will look like connecting with that part of yourself when you first feel those feelings you first feel that thought of wanting to judge yourself connect with that part of yourself that authentic self identify with that Begin to create a gap, create some type of pause, either through a breath or a change in body position, and then beginning to lean back and relax, letting go of judgment and letting love begin to get inserted into that gap, that space that we just created, because we'll cycle down really fast. A thought will come up. We'll start to judge ourselves, beat ourselves up. And that cycle will actually continue the cycle of the behavior that we're trying to stop because shame teaches you that you are shameful. And so if I am shameful, I might as well keep doing things that make me feel shameful. And we get addicted to shame as we've talked about in some previous episodes. So we're going to take that moment, create some space and allow love to come into that part by connecting with that authentic self. So now we can start moving into that part of suffering with. We've suspended that judgment. We've created a gap. We've started to allow love to flow towards ourselves, and we can start to suffer with that part of us that's hurting. So instead of judging that part, instead of beating that part up, you can sit with that part of yourself connecting with the part of you that's suffering. Because we often want to push that part of us away, right? That's when we start to medicate. That's when we start to drink. That's when we start to do all of the things that are distracting us from that part that's suffering. We want to resist that because it's uncomfortable. We want to push it away as much as possible. But what we actually need to do is the opposite. We need to sit with that part of ourselves that's suffering and connect with it we being our own healers, to sit with that just like we would sit with a friend who's suffering and hurting. We can sit with that part of us that experienced the abuse, the trauma, the pain, and begin to ask that part of it, what does it need? I know of no more powerful question to ask somebody when they're suffering than what do you need in this moment? Because when somebody's suffering, we often want to try to fix it for them, or we want to try to figure out what our solution for them is. But one of the most honoring things that you can do is to ask a person, what do you need in this moment? So we do the same thing with that part of us that's suffering, that's hurting. We enter into it. We allow ourselves to feel it as painful and as difficult as it is, but that needs to be released. And as long as we're resisting it, we're using energy to hold that suffering down and we're actually holding that suffering within us. So if we can sit with that part of ourselves, allow it to be felt and listen to what that part of us needs, what is that need that that part of us wants to have met? Because as long as that need is going unmet, it's like we talked about in the symptoms versus core issues episode, it's going to act out and try to get those needs met in an unhealthy way. The part of me that's hurting from that painful relationship may try to put salve on that wound by seeking other unhealthy relationships, and I just keep staying in the pattern. But what that part might actually need is to be heard about the pain that happened and the misunderstandings that happened and how I might have self-abandoned myself in order to be in that relationship. And so that need may be, I want you to not abandon yourself anymore to be in a relationship. So beginning to listen to that part of ourself requires that we sit with that part, we sit and we listen, and we genuinely get connected to that part of ourselves, suffering with, feeling it, understanding it, and asking what it needs. So now that we've really connected with that part of ourselves, we can move into the final part of compassion, which is taking action if there's one thing about compassion, it never leaves the person or the situation the same as it found it. You know, there's a great story that really represents compassion uh, that many of us are familiar with, and it's the parable or the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, It's about a man who was walking on a journey from one city to another, and along the way he was robbed and he was beaten and he was left for dead. Well, there's people who walked by this man and did nothing. One walked along the side, saw the person, saw his suffering, maybe felt really bad for him, but didn't take any action. Another one actually walked into a different space to avoid the person, uh, and so trying to avoid the suffering, right? Avoiding the pain. Even though the pain was seen, there was an attempt to avoid it. But then the Good Samaritan did the expression of compassion, which was saw the person suffering, seeing their need suffered with, kind of felt what that person was feeling and then did for them what they would hopefully wish somebody would do for them and took action, took the person to a place, got them help, got them treatment and helped them get back on their feet. So compassion always gets moved towards some type of action. And remember, that action can just be listening. It can just be putting the arm around somebody. It doesn't have to be some grand gesture, but it is moved to relieve the suffering in some way and in the way that the person or the part of us has expressed that that need needs to be met. I have found in my life that self-compassion, often the only requirement, that action part, is just to be with, just to sit with, and stop ignoring that part of myself. That is what that part needed, to be heard. And once it was heard, it was able to relax and know that it was being heard and knowing that I was creating a safe space for that part of me to share with me what it needed. Now, I know it might sound a little difficult to get your head around this part of me, that part of me, but I think as you sit with yourself, you'll see that there are those parts of you, right? part that wants to judge, the part that wants to you know, give yourself love and compassion. And so we're, we're connecting with that part that wants to give us love and compassion and really allowing that part to unleash the goodness towards us. And so now we can move into that place of meeting the need that we have. And that's why self-care is so important. That's what self-care is. Understanding what we need and then giving that towards ourselves. And self-care doesn't always have to be a grand gesture. It can be something very small. And to be honest, we often have to start with those baby steps because self-care can feel so uncomfortable to us because we've denied ourselves and because we haven't listened to those needs that we have inside of us, feels really uncomfortable to make those uh, actions towards ourselves of loving ourselves. So starting really small, can be a very helpful way to do it. And what happens is it begins to stack. I do one thing, another thing, another thing, and my system begins to relax and begins to feel comfortable with being chosen, of being told that I'm worthy, of being treated in a manner that's loving, and then my whole system begins to change. But start small if you have to. Start wherever you need to start in order to meet those needs for yourself. So I'm listening to that part of myself that says, you know what? I need to not go into a painful relationship, or I need to not be beat up or talked to that way anymore. And then I begin to respond and take action to learn how to not abandon myself, to learn how to love myself and speak gently and kindly towards myself. Or I need to see as a mother that I'm a priority and I'm going to take care of myself because I'm spending my entire life here taking care of everybody else and not taking care of my needs. And what I need is some time for me. And so listening to that and then taking action to do it. So self-care isn't just some selfish act that we do. It's about listening to the parts of ourselves and what we need and then beginning to express it. So that's kind of the big picture of self-compassion, in my opinion, identifying with the true authentic self, letting that authentic self suspend judgment, create the gap, then suffering with, sitting with, listening to the parts of ourselves and understanding what those parts need, and then finally moving into giving ourselves what we need, taking an action towards it. So here's an exercise that you can try this week that might be helpful in really kind of cementing the practice of self-compassion or starting to get your hands around how it works. And the first thing is this, I want to encourage you to maybe find a place where you can just go sit, relax, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and really begin to go inward and try to connect with that part of yourself that's that authentic you connecting with that part of yourself that wants to feel compassion that wants to have compassion expressed towards yourself and as you begin to connect with that part of yourself take a moment and recall something that maybe you've judged yourself for in the past begin to connect with a part of you that needs some healing and allow that to come up and look at it not from the place of the inner critic or from judgment Go ahead and suspend the judgment that you normally would have shown towards yourself and allow that part of yourself that you just connected with, that part that is love and compassion to view that piece of you, to view that part of you that made that mistake or really has that pain and begin to empathize and see why that behavior took place, why that pain is there and begin to feel that suffering without judgment and begin to understand, what needs we're trying to get met? And then ask that part of yourself. Ask yourself, what do you need for that part to heal? Because it keeps coming back up because it wants to heal. The energy's trying to release. Anytime things keep coming back up, it's because there's energy that wants to be released. There's forgiveness that needs to take place. It's asking for you this time to show compassion towards it instead of judgment towards it. So let it come up. And then connect with it with compassion, asking it what does it need in order for it to feel safe, to feel heard, and then start to give that. It may just be listening. It may just be seeing it through the eyes of authentic love. And if you hear from that part of yourself that it needs you to take some other type of action other than just hearing it or listening to it or sitting with it, then I would encourage you to take the time to write down what that need is or what that action is that that part of you is asking to take. It might be speaking up for yourself. It might be telling somebody who you know really hurts you how you feel about it or, or it might be distancing yourself from a relationship or whatever that need is. And I want to remind you, you deserve this. You deserve compassion towards yourself. I know you've gotten so wired and trained towards judging yourself and beating yourself up all the time, and you don't feel like you deserve it. Remember, you're just trained, or I was just trained to beat myself up. I was trained to act that way towards myself, and I can train myself to treat myself differently. Just because you've been beating yourself up doesn't mean that's what you're worthy of. We wouldn't say that about anybody else in the world or any animal or anything that's saying, well, because they've been beat up, they must deserve it. That must be what they need or that's what they deserve in life. Not at all. We would say they are still worthy of being treated with love and compassion. It's the same thing for us. We are worthy. You are worthy of having your own love and compassion expressed towards yourself. So give that a try this week. I'd love to hear in the comments how that's been helpful for you and how that served you. Now, I do just want to take a moment and I want to say that I know sometimes practicing self-compassion can be really hard, even though we know all of this stuff. Sometimes we need the voice of somebody else to remind us and to encourage us. And so if that's the space that you're in, I want to remind you that I do offer coaching services that help with things just like this. You can find more information at jerryhenderson.org forward slash coaching, or you can go to the episode notes in this episode and you'll find the links there. So if you do need that help, I do offer those services and I'd love to work with you to help you in your journey of practicing self-compassion. Thank you again, as always, for joining another episode of the Permission to Love podcast. I'm grateful for you. Thankful that you take your time to listen. And remember, as always, you are worthy of your own love.